0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this bonus episode. Um, I have been telling a bit of my story, getting into podcasting and things like that. And what's been interesting is that there are so many things that podcasting has really opened up to me and has allowed me to kind of become the dev hero, dev influencer that I've kind of been talking about for a while. And I've decided that over the next several bonus episodes, I'm just going to tell my story as it kind of unfolds. And the reason is, is because I think there's a lot of value in just understanding uh, the journey, but also understanding what's possible for you as a dev influencer or a dev hero. So um, let's go ahead and dive in. Now, I've already told the story about um, Don introducing me to podcasting, right, at Mosey reached out to Greg Pollack and Greg told me, hey, you ought to interview people, right? And so I interviewed Greg and uh, I started interviewing other people. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that, and and I'm kind of going to go to the point where I started my next thing, right? So, and and some of you were thinking, oh, he's going to talk about Ruby Rogues. Not yet, not Not yet. So anyway, um, just just to kind of foreshadow and then tell you it's not what you think it is. So anyway, so I I got into podcasting and I started listening to podcasts and then I started the Rails Coach podcast, right? And so I put this podcast out there and I'm talking about Ruby on Rails. And what's funny is, is that, you know, I I interviewed Greg and then I think I had an episode where I just kind of spitballed stuff, right? Stuff I was learning. And you have to realize that at this point, I think I was just barely into my first development job full time. So I didn't have a whole lot of professional experience. I had done a bunch of work at my previous job in Rails. But that was actually um, a, a kind of a side gig <laughs> on top of my main gig, if that makes sense. And then um, I'd been learning some of the testing frameworks out there uh, that were built on top of stuff like Selenium. So that I could write um, automated tests because I went into QA for six months. So that kind of sets the stage. So I'm I'm interviewing people, right? So I interview Greg. I interview uh, James Gray, who will come into the story later when I do talk about Ruby Rogues. I interview a few other folks. And I, I get this podcast going. And I don't know if I talked about how I got my first podcast mic. So let me back up and talk about that really quickly. In fact, that'll probably be the story for this bonus episode. And then we'll kind of get into things from there. But uh, it's, it's kind of funny how, um, I mean, essentially, you just get people to send you stuff, right? But anyway, what wound up happening was I did a video for um, Eric Berry. And I was so he had teach me to code, which was this video series that he'd been putting together for on Ruby on Rails. And he he had a bunch of series that he had put together, like how to build a Twitter clone, which is probably the most popular one. But um, he had recruited a whole bunch of the rest of us from the Ruby community to produce videos for uh, teach me to code. Right. And he kind of gave us the intro and, and everything, you know, that went along with that. Yeah, so we, I recorded a video and I was pretty new, so mine was pretty basic. It covered how to do routing in Ruby on Rails and just walked through the basics of setting up your route file and, and adding stuff to it, right? So that when somebody sent a request in, it would go through and come out through the right controller and then come back around, right? And get answered. And I mean, that was all it was. It was probably a 15 minute video. And I had kind of had to figure some of it out on my own. I mean, I'd gotten a little bit of coaching from Eric. I'd gotten a little bit of coaching from the internet. Some people were actually recommending different software, like iShowU, I think, was one. Uh, ScreenFlow was another one. Anyway, what wound up happening was I created this, um, this video, and I put it up, and I was pretty proud of it, honestly. You know, I'd never done anything like that before, but I was excited that Eric had wanted me to do a video for him and, you know, I was excited to be involved in the the Ruby community. And so at the end of the day, what wound up happening was I put this video up and I was on Twitter, right? It was pretty early on in the Twitter days, but I, I got on Twitter and I tweeted out and I just let people know, Hey, look, I, I made this video for teach me to code. Right. And I also put out there that I was a little embarrassed because I had just used the microphone on my computer. So just the onboard microphone. And I was kind of lamenting the fact that I didn't have a really nice microphone And that I had only been able to record it on the trial version of ScreenFlow. And lo and behold, just that much, just mentioning ScreenFlow and uh, mentioning the, you know, their Twitter handle on Twitter. And then mentioning the video that I had recorded with their software. They actually emailed me and said, hey, here's a license key for a year of ScreenFlow. And you know, I'm I'm this nobody dude from you know this tiny town in Utah. You know, I'm probably barely making like sixty grand a year, if that. You know, I've got two kids and a wife, and we're living over in in Saratoga Springs. And anyway, it was just it was it was kind of this crazy serendipitous thing, you know. And and they come out and they're like, "Hey, here's a free license, right? Good luck getting rolling." And I was like, "Wow, this is cool." And then they also asked me for my mailing address. And about two weeks later, they mailed me, they shipped me a, a microphone. It was an Audio-Technica. I don't remember the model number, which is kind of funny because podcasters are kind of, they get excited about their equipment in the same way that, like, athletes. So I run marathons, right? And I can't remember the brand of my shoes either, right? But I get asked all the time, oh, what shoes are you wearing? Um, but you get the idea, right? So I, I don't even remember. It was an Audio-Technica. It was a pretty decent mic. Um, I think I eventually wound up giving it to David Brady to record with because I think he had a microphone that, that quit on him or something. But yeah, so they sent me a microphone, right? And I'm like, this is awesome. And so I plan to make more videos from for, for uh, Eric. I never did until uh, later, but that's another story. And I think I'm going to get to that in the next bonus episode. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just amazing to me how just a little bit of outreach, a little bit of work, and these companies are willing to just go out of their way to um, get you started. Now, granted, this was like 12 years ago, right? It was pretty early for a lot of this stuff. And, you know, so it, it was in their best interest, I think, in a lot of ways for them to encourage somebody like me to get started. Because once I was going, right, I was likely to renew my license with ScreenFlow, right? If I stuck with making the videos, which I wound up doing. And I always had kind of a this fond place in my heart now for uh, TechSmith. Uh, who makes ScreenFlow, and so, or Telestream, sorry, Telestream makes ScreenFlow, and so I've I'm, I'm been really, really happy with the product anyway, but yeah, that that's how I got my first microphone, and, and honestly, it was one episode, one episode, one freaking episode. I'm going to share another uh, instance of this, too. I'm currently coaching a guy named Luke, and he's putting together some stuff around Quasar, which is a, uh, it's kind of a mobile-slash- desktop slash web development framework written in Vue.js. And so if you're familiar with Vue, Quasar's kind of this, this tool that kind of lives in that ecosystem and does all this cool stuff. And he put up a video, just his first video. I think it was a video. might have been a podcast episode, but I've been coaching him on putting together all this content, right? So he gets his content out there. And um, I mean, it was just one one episode, one thing, right? And he gets this job offer rolling in, which I'm just going, you know, and he's like, it was a really good offer too. He's like, I I don't, I, I remember him telling me why he didn't feel like he could leave his current job. He, he's pretty committed to, you know, not dropping the ball on them, which I think is admirable. Um, but I also wouldn't blame him for taking a, a, a sweet job offer if one came along like that. But yeah, it was one episode, one dang episode, right? He put one episode out and he's getting this job offer, which is, which is again, amazing, right? Right. And I I think people often underestimate what is really possible if you're willing to go out there and do the work to put something out there. Um, It's also funny because you get people that just put the one thing out, right? It's one open source library, one podcast episode, one video, one whatever, right? They put one blog post, right? And it kind of captures the imagination of the people out there in the programming space and people start talking about it and it becomes this force Within the programming space, uh, a conference talk does that sometimes, right? And so they became become the you know whatever that talk was about person, right? Just off of one thing, and so I, I really, really just want to encourage people just getting started to jump out there, right? Go get out there and and you know get going with with that one thing, right? I feel like I want to make these about twenty minutes, and that was about ten minutes just telling you how I got my. First podcast mic. So let's let's talk a little bit more about how the rest of this went, right? So I'm doing this podcast and I start reaching out to people and just seeing if I can get them on the show. And what's funny is is that um in, in some ways I I just want to back up. In some ways it's a little bit harder to get the people you want on your podcast, and in other ways it's easier, right? Because back then, um, getting people on the podcast, I would just reach out and say, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And since they'd never done it before, and, you know, it made them feel famous and important, a lot of people would just say yes, right? They would just, you know, I got all kinds of people. I'd see, I'd see people speak at a conference. I'd go down, and I'd corner them, and I'd be like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And they'd be like, yeah. And so we'd exchange email addresses, and I'd line it up, right? And so then we'd get on uh, Skype. <laughs> oh, man. The good old days. Recording over Skype. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't get me started on that. But yeah, so we'd record over Skype and I had this program called Ecamm Call Recorder. Uh, we used that for years, 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 years. But yeah, so uh, Ecamm Call Recorder, what it did was it was it would essentially record both people, you know, or if there were more than two people on there, it would record me um, on one track and it would record everybody else on the other track. But it would also capture the video if there were two of us. And so I did a whole bunch of video or interviews like that, right? And so I was just interviewing whoever whoever I thought was interesting, whoever had written an interesting blog post that I ran across, whoever was speaking at the conference that I was attending. Um, and I would just email them and ask them to, to come on the show and they would do it, right? There, there were a couple of people that were harder to reach, right? Um, but for the most part, I mean, that's kind of how that went. And then if I didn't have anybody, then I would just, I would just monologue. I would just get on and I would just, you know, just talk, just me. Hey, blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm learning. And what's funny too, is that a lot of people think that you have to be kind of at the top of your game. You have to be this genius developer that is going to innovate the industry in order to do a podcast. And those episodes, honestly, I was, I was pretty new to Rails. And so I would just talk about the stuff I was learning. Oh, did you know that you can do this with Rails? oh, did you know that you can test this stuff this way with rails? Oh, did you know that you, you know, and and it was basic stuff. I mean, it wasn't mind-blowing, groundbreaking stuff. I was still pretty new. And I was talking about stuff that most experienced folks would honestly, they'd be like, mm, okay, you know, that's, you know, that that's, you know, sometimes I'd hit stuff that was new and cutting edge in rails, right? But for the most part, it that, you know, that was kind of the, the limitation on what I was putting out there was that it just wasn't, uh, you know, that advanced. But people were picking it up and they were really enjoying it. And so I was doing that for probably six months and maybe a little bit longer than that. And uh, I get this email from Eric, who, like I said, you know, had kind of gotten part of the ball rolling with Teach Me to Code with me doing that video and then me getting that microphone. And he basically said, hey, look, you know, over the last little while, I've been getting into Groovy and Grails, um, which is uh Groovy's a language that runs on the Java virtual machine and Grails is a framework that, you know, is loosely mirrored after Ruby on Rails. And, you know, he'd, he'd been getting into that and really been do- enjoying it. And he'd put together a couple of videos on Teach Me to Code and they were not being well received. I mean, they weren't like people weren't giving him crap about it, but he could see that the viewership was not picking him up. They weren't, they weren't going for it. And so he came to me and he said, look, you know, um, they want rails content. So do you want to take it over? And (laughs) I was like, uh, sure. And so he turned the whole thing over to me, lock, stock and barrel, the website, the, um, the, all the the um, the domain. I mean, the whole nine yards uh, th- gave me the whole thing. And I started making videos on Rails stuff. Now, one thing I don't think I understood at the time, and uh, th- this has kind of been a little bit of a theme with Eric and I, is just uh, the communication hasn't always been the best. And so he'll say something to me, and I think he means something else. And in this case, I didn't quite understand that at the time he intended it to be something similar to Rails casts which was an ongoing video series by Ryan Bates that did uh, Ruby on Rails tutorials, right? They were just 10, 15 minute tutorials. And I didn't understand that he was looking to do the same thing and then kind of uh, parlay that into a paid membership, um, which is what Ryan wound up doing. And so I was just putting out videos because I thought it was fun. And so, yeah, I was doing that and it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome to be honest. Anyway, so I, I kind of took over, teach me to code. And at the same time, I was still doing these interviews on, um, on Rails Coach and talking to people and finding opportunities to, to learn and to grow and all that stuff. And it was it was awesome. It was just amazing. So, yeah, so I wound up taking over Teach Me to Code and started making videos there. And, again, when I talked to Eric, too, it was funny because he had a whole bunch of people who were way more experienced than me who had made videos for him, right? And I'm like, and so I looked at him at, at one point and I was, cause I, at that point I'd been programming professionally for maybe a year, maybe, um, I just looked at him and I was like, well, why, you know, why, why, why do I get this? You know, why aren't you handing it off to somebody who's this genius programmer? Right. And if, if when I say you should start a podcast, that's what goes through your head. I'm not a genius pod, uh, podcaster or programmer that that's exactly what's going through my head. Exactly. what was going through my head. I'm like, why me? Right. I'm new. I I don't know what these other people know. I don't I don't have ten zillion years of experience writing code. So why would you turn your baby over to me? And it was interesting because it was really telling what he told me. And this goes back to the same thing, right, with just doing the video and putting yourself out there, right? Is um he said, Look, he said, you've been doing this podcast for however long I'd been doing it, right? Um, you've been doing this podcast, you've been producing regularly. And he teach me to code was something that he wanted to continue to go on. And so it was more important to him that I had a habit of producing content than it was that I was a genius programmer, right? He figured that I could pick up where he left off, you know, maybe do some more basic stuff possibly. But the the main thing that he communicated to me was that it was important that he handed off to somebody who was going to keep doing it. And I did. I kept doing it for several years, but um, I, I really want to just put that out there too, right? It's it's the things the things that make people recognize you are uh, first of all just being out there, right? And and I guess I'm getting to the moral of the story more or less, but just being out there, right? I mean, one video, right? One video, and I get a ScreenFlow license and uh, basically $150 microphone, just out of the blue from a company out there, right? And, you know, I, I really, really, I, I, I owe them big time. I mean, I don't know that I would be podcasting without that microphone that they had sent me way back in the day. I probably would have. I'm, I'm one of those people that once I kind of get an idea in my head, I kind of chase it down and we'll do whatever it takes. But, you know, I think it made a difference. I think it made a big difference, gave me a lot of confidence because I had a nice microphone. But the other thing is, is not just being out there, but being consistent Opens up so many opportunities, right? I mean, it's it's funny to me how many folks you know they're like, they they get some opportunity to come their way, right? So they they become a maintainer on an open source project, or they uh, get invited to speak at a conference, or they uh, get approached to write a book, or things like that. And what really is the reason for it is that. With the open source project, they've been contributing week after week after week after week. And so the maintainer comes to them instead of the genius coder and says, Hey, you've been super consistent. I want you to take over. Right. Or um, in the case of the speaking, right, Uh, they come to them and they say, Hey, look, you know, you've been super consistent on your uh, YouTube channel or your podcast, and we want you to come speak at the conference. Right. Or, um, you know, in, in all these other cases, You know, you get a job, right? You get a job offer because, hey, we've been reading your blog for years and we realize that you're the kind of person that we want working for us at our company. Uh, All of these things come out of just being super consistent, putting yourself out there, right? The book deal comes out of people blogging over and over and over and over again, right? And I've got several friends that that's happened to where they got approached by Pragmatic Programmers or Manning or um, who, who else? Pearson, Wiley, uh, you know some of these other companies, and the reason they wind up publishing those books and get invited to write those books is because they are super consistent about the work that they're doing. And so I, I, I really just want to encourage you if you're looking at a way to become well known in the community and start having opportunities. And um, what, what am I trying to say as far as just not just opportunities, but um, you know have have people enable your journey, I guess is the best way to put it right. Um, then then put yourself out there and be super consistent about it. And if you're doing that, then at the end of the day, what will happen is you will be put in a position where you, you can do that, but you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to be consistent. Um, if you're looking for kind of a pattern to do that, you're looking for a way to understand and reach a community of people that you can do that for, then you really ought to go check out the Dev Influencers Academy or the Dev Influencers Accelerator, excuse me. And you can go find that at devinfluencers.com apply. If you want more information, I'm probably going to wind up telling my story in a little more depth on the Dev Influencers Podcast. and You can find that at devinfluencers.com podcast. And uh, anyway, uh, for the rest of it, uh, I'm just going to wrap up here. Um, I'll probably tell kind of the next leg of my journey from there. But in the meantime, Max out.